0: Welcome to School of Everything Else
1: He-Man and She-Ra and
2: the Masters of the Universe I am Adam, Prince of Eternia and Defender of the Secrets of Castle Greyskull This is Cringer, my fearless friend Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my magic sword and said, By the power of Skull, I have the power! Fringer became the mighty Battle Cat, and I became He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Only three others share this secret. Our friends the sorceress, in at arms, and Orco. Together we defend Castle Grey Skull from the evil forces of Skeletor.
1: Rewest or <laughs> <laughs> For some reason that stuck in my head. He's the one He-Man character who never existed.
0: Possibly for good reason.
1: Basically, we have no specific prepared show for you, but we've just done the Thundercats one, and I know a hell of a lot about He-Man as well. So we're just experimentally... It, it might go on for half an hour. could go for an hour. could go three hours. Let's see what happens, shall we? Um, but, yeah, basically, we're going to give you a sort of a, a brief history of uh, the line, how it started originally as a toy line, you know, all the way through the it, it ages up until today, where it sort of exists as a, a an action figure collector's dream but uh, uh otherwise merely movie potential okay so to a lot of our younger listeners they were like hey man i think i vaguely remember that from like way back in 2002 at best you might remember it just vaguely or if you're a bit more in the know you might remember um, you know, the the oldies going on about uh, this, this cartoon from the very early 80s. You might even have seen some. To our older listeners, like in their 30s, probably going to remember He-Man more, or certainly She-Ra. What I'm going to play for you now by way of introduction is an edited section of my historical collecting guide to Masters of the Universe for action figure resource. I repeat and reiterate a few of the points I make here later in this show, so... Apologies for the repetition, but you're also probably going to learn a few things, so, I don't know, we're even. This is an in-depth guide to one of the most significant toy lines of all time. At the very beginning, back in 1976, Mattel were offered the Star Wars license. They passed. It went to Kenner, those toys revolutionized the way movies and merchandise were marketed, Mattel kicked themselves, and so a line was in development with them over several years to meet the demands of a new space fantasy hungry audience of kids. The early prototypes were a trio of macho roles with the idea that He-Man would span many action settings, much like the early G.I. Joe or Mattel's own Big Jim line. The figures were designed with simplicity in mind and the male form exaggerated in its heroic proportions. Repurposed Big Jim figures were bulked out to super musculature with modelling clay, and then moulded in plaster and given painted, sheet wax outfits. They were a soldier who literally had a neck-breaking tank gun on his face, a fantasy spaceman with a suspiciously Boba Fett style helmet and rocket pack, and a familiar looking barbarian. One of the most abiding rumours when it comes to the hazy beginnings of this seminal toy line is that it was originally being created by Mattel in the very early 1980s as a direct tie in with the upcoming 1982 Conan the Barbarian movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mattel were in negotiations but eventually declined and released the Master's Figures with their own mythology. Conan's rights holders did attempt a lawsuit, but Mattel won. Presumably because Conan wasn't the only barbarian in comics or popular mythology, and the toy company were not under obligation to follow through with making kids toys for a very adult-themed movie crammed with sex and violence, though clearly there were influences from the artwork and the world, especially in those early stages and the pre-cartoon fiction. Throughout the entire run, these figures had recurring body parts and accessories, rearranged in different colours to create new characters inexpensively. The designers gave each figure the same torso, either smooth or hairy, in different skin tones, which saved on new moulding. In Wave 3, buzz had Clawful's hand. He and Whiplash had the same torso and legs. Both of them had a differently coloured previously released weapon. Stinkor had Merman's head arms, torso and legs, all recoloured with Mechanex armour and a previously released shield. His more pleasant, pine-scented heroic equivalent, Mossman, was just Beastman with green flocking and a previously released club. What made every figure unique and worth owning was that Mattel came up with a fun action feature for each of them. Buzzoff had bee wings, Whiplash had a long rubber crocodile tail he could thrash other figures with, and Stinkor had a soft rubber head with patchouli oil mixed into the material at the factory stage, which gave him his pungent skunk whiff. As well as basic figures, there were an abundance of vehicles, accessories, playsets, and companions. Most notably, of course, was Battlecat, He-Man's steed of choice, and a character in his own right. This was actually an old tiger toy from the Big Jim line, repurposed again with armor. The Falcon Zor was also from Big Jim, and of course, never one to pass up on selling us the same thing twice with a pallet swap, Skeletor's Ride Panthor was the same cat with purple flocking and green armor, minus the helmet. And Screech, the Wicked Falcon, was a recolored Zor, who was in turn recolored from Big Jim's Eagle. Likewise, Trapjaw, the evil warrior, was very similar in nature to Big Jim's enemy Ironjaw, who looked like a combination of Bond henchman Teehee from Live and Let Die and Jaws from The Spy Who Loved Me, mixed with the Red Skull. Castle Skull was a curious place, with everything suggesting it should be a villain's fortress. It's possible the fact that this shadowy, mysterious and ancient stronghold was to be protected from Skeletor lent the mythology more of an intriguing angle, as did the lack of clearly defined history and origins for the characters and world in the contradictory comics and TV show, which rarely went into any motivations, allowing children to make up their own. These first two figure runs were released before the cartoon, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe hit TV screens, plenty of time back in those days to get themselves embedded in toy shelves so that when the cartoon launched kids would be actively seeking out the animated adventures of their plastic hero. Over those first few years however, stories needed to be told to give the figures context and motivation. These were done in two forms. The first was the mini-comics written by professionals, some of whom would go on to even greater things, including animation legend Paul Dini of Batman and Donald F. Glutt, who wrote many of the Star Wars novelizations. These comics depicted a sword and sorcery world named Eternia, touched by space-age technology, a curious mix that proved hugely popular. In the very first comics, there was no Prince Adam's secret identity, which by the way is the least convincing of all time. He-Man literally looks like a tanned, half-naked Adam. He-Man had two different battle harnesses, one for super strength, one for a force field, and he was given these mystical technological items by the Goddess, who later became the Sorceress. Back then, Castle Greyskull required a key made of two swords combined. This is why He-Man and Skeletor have this quirk of their weapons in toy form, though it is never mentioned in the cartoon. The Eternian royal family and Teela existed, but He-Man was a protector from the outside, a barbarian from a warrior tribe rather than a teenage prince imbued with the literal power of a mighty king of the past named Greyskull, which is what the canon of the 2000s cartoon eventually laid down is actually going on when the famous transformation occurs. He-Man of the mini-comics also spoke in a completely different manner from the I verily, forsooth mayhap we find a violet on the nonce' school of speaking.'" By the time the cartoon emerged, he was talking to himself all the time and wondering what the most morally upright and violence-avoiding course of action would be. If you're a fan of these original mini-comics, you can pick up the whole collection in one hardbound book or two digital volumes. The other storytelling aid often overlooked, especially for today's figures, was the box art. This stuff took the Frank Frazetta style of fantasy drawing and masterfully worked the toys in, keeping remarkably faithful to their colour schemes and proportions giving kids a vibrant way of seeing their playthings and stoking their visual imaginations. Incredible scenes were laid out before us as children, and it was our duty to give our figures adventures that equaled and surpassed these. One of the breakthroughs in the production of the Filmation series was that it would air every day of the week. This was virtually unheard of in those days, as most cartoons were aired on Saturday morning. So the first season ran from September through to December 1983, to be repeated again after its initial airing. And its ever-presence, combined with the toys being on shelves, made it ubiquitous for kids. The cartoon borrowed heavily from Superman, with Teela playing Lois always disparaging the meek and feeble Adam for being useless, while his apparently identical tanned twin brother saved the day, though never when Adam was present. Man-at-Arms became considerably more fatherly and was in on the secret identity. Orko was created as comic relief, which was odd considering everything in the cartoon was silly. Battle Cat's alter ego was a genuinely cowardly Scooby-Doo-style kitten of a giant green tiger named Cringer. Skeletor and his minions would bumble and bicker, much like every other villain group of the 80s, their inability to hold together and follow through on a domination plan being their greatest enemy. And as mentioned above, nobody was ever stabbed or cut or even punched. Sword fights did not take place. It was mostly just firing energy beams at the ground and throwing Beast Man into the mud over and over again. Despite this, the comic writers like Paul Dini and J. Michael Straczynski got to flex their creative muscles and occasionally characterise the colourful cast of heroes and villains in a manner uncommon in kids entertainment at the time. This ran parallel with Hasbro's G.I. Joe, the six episode miniseries of which aired at the same time as He-Man, but which didn't hit the same 50-plus episodes per season format for another two years, giving Mattel a head start. Transformers had its miniseries in 1984 and again hit mass production in 86. Thundercats began in January 1985 and ran for 130 episodes and an extensive LJN toy line. It was really these four shows and their tie in toys that took the baton from Star Wars, set the tone for the 1980s evolution of the action figure, and ran the race for viewing numbers and shelf dominance. I've done well over a hundred videos for this toy collecting site over the years, and you can find a lot of them on YouTube right now by searching for Action Figure Resource. Okay, on with the scheduled programming. How, how do we describe this? Let's do it like, like, as with Thundercats. Let's sort of just sort of lay out. Right, He Man, folks, for folks who are, are unfamiliar, is a story about a prince who holds aloft his magic sword. And shouts by the power of Greyskull, and then turns into the same guy, but tanned and wearing much less clothes, and then says, I have the power, and then gets on a giant green tiger that he has transformed his own giant green tiger into an even gianter green tiger. Only the original giant green tiger was a coward, and now he's really just brave. brave. Yeah. And tough. And tough. So, um,. Battle Cat is, is the name of his uh, tiger once it's transformed. It, it, Cringer was the name of the uh, the cowardly cat type thing. That, the original, original, original Masters of the Universe was a uh, toy line that uh, Mattel put together after they didn't get the Star Wars license. Or specifically, they turned down the Star Wars license in the late 70s. Fools. Oh. Yeah basically um, uh, the, the apparently that it was you know too high a price to pay for some untested um, movie series which is almost certainly going to be you know disappearing immediately afterwards and so they uh, they didn't put up the cash now Mattel these days are huge and probably would have uh, you know seriously considered it uh, if, you know, considering they now have money to burn, but it went to Kenner in the end, who at the time were, you know, they were were pretty big, but um, they weren't big like Mattel became, uh, or or indeed they became. So um, Kenner went on with Star Wars, and that changed how action figures were marketed. That changed how movies and toys tied in together. That, That changed everything. So Mattel justifiably ground their teeth and thought, well, how can we do this so that we also change the way Uh, toys and and TV in this case are marketed and in the early 80s certain laws were repealed which allowed for more advertising both uh, in animated shows and uh, for adverts for toys in between animated shows that basically meant that you could make a a TV show of a toy line with a tie in toy line as we said this all in the the Thundercats shows He-Man came along then G.I. Joe Thundercats Transformers and that 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 pretty much changed everything right there. Uh, and but He-Man was arguably the first in that the toy line was already in gear in 1982. They'd but they basically like commissioned with Filmation, now defunct, uh, to to make the uh, TV show. But they were they'd already um, pushed out the toy line. Um, <clears throat> one of the urban legends is that they were originally going to be Conan the Barbarian figures, but Mattel um decided against it because Conan the Barbarian when it finally came out was full of sex and violence and they were like oh no this is not this is not for our kids line of toys there may actually be some validity to that uh the uh rights holders to the uh the Conan license tried to sue Mattel after He-Man came out but ultimately he's a barbarian he's not Conan so legally speaking they were still within their rights to make a barbarian based line of figures um they were being courted But in the end, basically, they they didn't go through with it. What they ended up creating the fiction around was a series of mini-comics that came with the figures. And that was basically, you know, originally it was a lot of ideas being thrown at a wall all together so that if you read them all back to back, they kind of contradict themselves. Originally, He-Man is this sort of barbarian who wanders away from his tribe and, uh, you know, then meets the sorceress who's a green tealer. Uh, who goes, here you are, the magical harness that will give you super strength, or the magical harness that will give you a force field. And then after a few issues of that, or a few figures, they drop that idea. We're like, no, actually, hang on. Um, He's Prince Adam. He's the weedy uh, Clark Kent-style son of King Randall. And then, you know, he has to convince everybody that he's just Prince Adam. But really, he can hold it off his magic sword and cry by the power of Skull, turn into Ho- superman he-man and save the day Th- that that was the premise for the cartoon basically it, it was superman but as a barbarian and he had a couple of people that he shared the secret with man-at-arms an avuncular um uh, master of weaponry who uh, was kind of useless in a show where nobody ever got hurt ever
0: <laughs> and... although he is um, he's adam's bodyguard isn't he that's his his role in the fiction
1: in the original uh, version of it, I think he's Adam's bodyguard in the uh, O2 version. Teela became Adam's, um, like stick to him, like glue bodyguard. Mm. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure whether Teela was his, his direct bodyguard in the, uh, or, original TV show. I think she was because she kept, I think she was certainly supposed to be training him because she kept constantly berating him for being a wimp. Mm. And, uh, this was a, a pretense that Adam had to keep up just like Clark Kent. Um, but it was a very, very simple show. They didn't really deal... You know, it, for the time, they dealt with some comic-type um, uh, depths, which, you know, boggled the mind, because basically up until that point, it was Snagglepuss and Hanna-Barbera and Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. It, there was no storytelling within animated shows. Not really. not Certainly not over time. And it was prey to that whole sort of, like, reset button at the end of every episode, so, um, there's a really good episode, uh, you know, comparatively speaking, uh, where Teela finds out who her mother really is, it's the sorceress, and, um, they have to kind of reset her at the end. You know, it, it's, uh, uh, she won't remember who her mother is, only that her mother loves her. And it was a really, it's kind of a sweet ending, but at the same time, it's infuriating that Teela is not allowed to develop and no one is. Um, and if you watch the animated show by today's standards, it's, it's embarrassing, but at the same, it's not as embarrassing as, as what was going to come later. But um, it's it's got this, I mean, you know, as a major fan of Archer and a lot of Adult Swim type stuff, it's got that style to it. So when people walk and when people talk, there's that kind of, um, there's a certain quality to it, which is now linked with some of the funniest, most adult related uh, animation out there.
0: Mm. but isn't that specifically because the creators of that animation grew up on this style and so they've created their shows to emulate that
1: yeah yeah and, and also because it was cheaper and when they made Aqua Hunger Force they were using old Johnny Quest backgrounds literally culled from the hanna barbera archives um, and uh, yeah so yeah the, uh, the original toy line was like um, I've actually got a list here I'm not going to go through all of them because that would be mental But, um, yeah, so in 1982, you got your He-Man, your Man-at-Arms, your Stratos, who was like a flying dude, your Teela, uh, Skeletor Beastman, Merman, and these were, you know, only given their uh, background in the comics, and uh, Zodak, who was an intergalactic policeman who was neutral. Damn his neutrality. (laughs) And I used, to, I used to, I These were like my first action figures. I, I was uh, born in 1980, so uh, around about 82, 83, I was just about old enough for these to be the first, like plastic toys I was given. And all of my fights ended up like at tea time. They all had to go home, and, and like you know, it was it was always in the middle of a, a pitched battle. I was like, right, well, how do I end this one? Uh, and then tea time. I, I got better at endings later. <laughs> Uh, also, um, if you twisted their waists repeatedly, um, like you twist them once and then they would like spring back to a power punch, uh, twist it ten times, their legs fall off and then that's it No, more, yeah, Your Skeletor now has no legs ever, and since you're three you can't afford to get a new Skeletor and you, your requests for please get me a new Skeletor fall on deaf ears <laughs> thank, thank you for Cobra Khan, really, but Skeletor, he's like the second most important dude uh, yeah, so Wave 2, Manny Faces, Ram Man, Evil Lynn, who had yellow skin.
2: <laughs>
1: she did. <laughs> faker, but not in the cartoon, Trapjaw, Triclops. And that, that was basically around about that time that they started making the uh, animated show. And it was 65 episodes. And then season two was 65 episodes again. And it only technically ran for like a year and just over a year. Because um, it, this was one of those syndicated shows that, um, that, like, it was designed to be run every day of the week. So 65 episodes on UK TV, that's over a year. But on American TV, it's over in three months, by, by Christmas time, if it starts in October. Um, so they did that two years in a row. And that was it for He-Man. And, but, and, but, you know, Wave 3, Wave 4, Wave 5. and this, These are like 1984, 1985, 1986, going way beyond the original cartoon. Uh, in 1986, we're into... Um, Now, in 1985, we're into the Horde, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, But yeah, it it basically ran all the way up to the original toy line uh, of Masters of the Universe, Wave 7 in 1988, which was laser power He-Man and laser light Skeletor only released in certain parts of Europe. But up until that point, there was like, those were the 69th and 70th characters released. And these were inexpensively priced, same as the uh, um, um, Kenner Star Wars ones. But they were larger and meatier and had kind of a a, a chunky heft to them. And for a certain age group, that style is going to really always evoke Masters of the Universe. There was nothing really exactly like it. Thundercats were much taller. Um, Star Wars was much more slender. GI Joe were much more slender with loads of articulation, and Transformers were obviously robots. Um, and then by the time, you know, new lines were coming out, they were um, they had kind of gone with the 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 larger Kenner style figures, which were not very detailed, but like everyone was doing that kind of figure in the uh, early '90s. And it, it, you know, action figures became very generic, which makes the Masters of the Universe feel kind of special. Um, and, and you know, the, the the TV show, like I say, um, ran for uh, you know a fairly a relatively short amount of time, but ultimately it's it's 130 episodes. That's that's a ton more than most get, and it's very kind of like adventure of the week. There's you know, it's, it, it's embarrassing to watch it as an adult. But it's not as bad as you might think. If you just go back and watch them, they're very, very simple. They always end on a... Adam, learned today that you shouldn't cross the street without looking both ways. In today's story, Elena tried taking a magic potion which she thought would help her. Well,
2: she found out there aren't any magic potions. And you know what? There aren't any magic drugs either. Anytime you take one from anybody but your parents or your doctor, you're taking a very big chance. You're gambling with your health. Maybe even your life. Drugs don't make your problems go away. They just
1: create more. He mansplaining.
0: And it's, it's not even monster of the week because they tended to have the same monsters yeah. every episode.
1: And uh, we haven't mentioned the baddies, but Skeletor was uh, the villain who was a blue man with a yellow skull for a face who um, was maniacal and... Um, uh, specifically in the uh, comics, really rated himself. He was like, y- you know, yours may be the might... Hang on, I'll do it in the proper Skeletor voice. Yours may be the mightiest body in the universe, but mine is the mightiest brain. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he was immensely pompous mm. and non-threatening.
0: I was going to say, yeah, unlike Mumra in the Thundercats cartoon, mm. Skeletor was totally non-scary mm. because he was so... A, egotistical and full of himself, Hmm. and B, incompetent and never actually achieved anything. He was
1: incompetent and he surrounded himself with incompetence. So, uh, you know, when his plans didn't go wrong, he'd always blame it on Beastman. You
0: bumbling nitwit! And he'd fire
1: an energy bolt near Beastman, which would scare him and, like, throw rocks out.
0: Never considering the fact that, hey, you're the one who assigned that massively important (laughs) task to the stupidest member of your team again
1: and we hate movies do this thing called animation damnation where they watch an old tv show just one episode from the past and uh, just try to work out whether they're embarrassed or not it's it's an awesome series and i heartily recommend you go and listen to all of them um they they point out i don't know if, uh, i think they did do a uh, he-man episode maybe on the christmas special skeletal's own worst enemy is himself he's the one who gives up when he's so close you know he, he like his, you know his giant robots about to crush the palace but then he-man turns up and starts throwing stuff around he's like run away and it's not it's never like i will destroy you you know that he never presses his advantage
2: she's protecting her egg skeletal i can't control her i think we better leave a lot of good you are beast Where where did he go? To the crossroads of all universes, where he is destined to spend the rest of his days wandering an alien world, not knowing who he is or where he came from. Skeletor, why are you forcing honest men and women to do your dirty work? You should be ashamed of yourself. Honest men do an honest day's work, or I destroy their village. Why, you... This thing is almost as silly-looking as Skeletor himself! Well, who asked you, you little vermin? (coughs) That was a big mistake, Skeletor! Not as big as the mistake you're about to make, (coughs) He-Man! you fool! You can't reach me! That's what you think, Skeletor! If I can't go around, I'll come through! No! So, He-Man and his friends have survived! Welcome
1: to man. <laughs> At last I won. And he never ever seems to really act in wrath and anger either. He, he's always, you know, it, it, uh, he always seems to act in gloating. And then as soon as he gets uh, the, the rug pulled out from under him, runs for the hills but that by the way was quite why everyone went home for tea time because there was never any resounding endings to these cartoons you know they never the even ca- gone
0: home let's all give up yeah
1: they never even captured anyone permanently right so yeah that 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 was he man And, uh, you know, watch that. And then I personally moved on to Thundercats. But another show was going on at the same time, uh, which was an extension, a spin-off, and a moving on forwards from He-Man, which was She-Ra. She-Ra, She-Ra
2: I am Adora, He-Man's twin sister and defender of the Crystal Castle. This is spirit, my beloved steed. Fabulous secrets were revealed to me the day I held aloft my sword and said, For the honor of Grayskull! Shiva, Shiva! Shiva, Shiva! I am she Shiva! Only a few others share this secret. Among them are Light, Hope, Madame Raz, and Cowl. Together, we and my friends of the Great Rebellion strive to free Etheria from the evil forces of Horda!
1: It was smart because, basically, uh, on Mattel's part, they rather than um, designing uh, all of these new characters, they got Filmation to design. The, uh, the the characters, most of whom were the uh, the girls who uh, helped out She-Ra. And um, they sold the Horde figures, who were the baddies, uh, with the Masters of the Universe light in the boys' action figure aisle, and they sold the girls as dolls in the girls' aisle. So basically they were able to branch out and appeal to, to girls. I really wish we had some female She-Ra fans on this show right now, because right now She-Ra kind of fascinates me insofar as the accidental feminism that went on there. Your thoughts, Sharon? Hmm. It's again I'm another... Trying, re- oh, sorry, hang on, Karen.
0: I'm trying to work out how accidental it was because, I mean, ultimately, one of the most important aspects of it um, is the fact that they created a female hero whose heroism was based in physical strength. Mm-hmm. Um, now, she wasn't the first character to do that, obviously, um, and I think...
1: Supergirl, Wonder Woman.
0: It, yeah, indeed, um, and I think to a point there's an expansion, she's more Wonder Woman than Supergirl, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but I think there's also an element of um, uh, the female barbarian in Conan. Um, Red Sonya. Yeah. Uh yes. Given that that's kind of the the original source material for He-Man, there's your blonde Sonya. Appears to be so. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, the idea that that you could present a uh, a female character who was not having to do things in a very specifically feminine way you know there's no there's no wiles there's no manipulation at least not on the part of the good guys um she's she's very straightforward and honest and punches things or kicks things um when they get in her way which was quite um it, it seemed like a bit of a novelty to me at the time and i i can't remember how old i was when I was watching this, but it was—I must have been—I must have been about six or seven because uh, I think I got into Dungeons and Dragons before this, and that was when I was about five.
1: It would have aired when I was about seven, so uh, you oh might—I might
0: have been even older than that. You thing. might have been so about—I might been, i would have been eight or nine. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, so my brain was definitely in a position of, of being ready <laughs> for a role model that.
1: It might have been Good earlier stuff. than that. It, it aired in America <laughs> in, uh, in 85, so it, it could have aired in the UK uh, a year earlier in 80, 86, um, giving me that slight hangover before, uh, <laughs> before Thundercats turned up. But, um, but it would have been a fairly short window. Mm. And the reason I didn't really get into it was um that I just I found most of Shihua's friends to be very floopy and girly. I did mm. quite like Shiwa, and I really love the intro music,
0: yeah um but yeah i mean the the rebellion that that Princess adora is part of um and i mean the the basis of her story is that and it's all introduced in a, a, a Feature length, in inverted commas, five episodes strung back to back. May
1: I explain um, the storyline of this one?
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. go
1: ahead. Um, right. He-Man's twin sister, like basically Luke and Leia, when they were uh, uh, infants, Skeletor and his mate Hordak uh, crept into the castle to steal both infants... Um, but so that they could, you know, strike at the heart of King Randor, their hated enemy. Um, only succeeded in pinching one of them, because I think Queen Marlena turned up, He-Man's mum, or both of their mum, and tossed Skeletor in the trash. And uh, Holdak, uh ran off with Adora to another dimension, Etheria. They didn't go after him. I think the sorceress placed a spell on the whole of Eternia that everyone would forget that which is great. And uh, then 18 years pass and Hordak has uh, brought up this child as uh, one of his force leaders. She, she helps him to subjugate peasants. And then um, He-Man turns up because the sorceress has sent him to, to get her back, uh, gives her the sword and says, Hey, you're my sister. And um, she goes, this is absolute cod shit and then they they lock him up and try to drain his power and then she wakes up because she has a dream with the sorceress trying to talk to her goes down to to rescue this man who claims to be her brother picks up the sword and transforms from um you know mean-spirited enforcer Adora to She-Ra the Princess of Power which is totally fucking badass and um then you know cue no action at all as nobody gets hurt uh, because no one did in in animation of this day, but basically the idea of um, Shiwa you know, throwing off both this uh, this secret beguiling oppressor who's been, uh, you know, using Shadow Weaver, his black mage, to, you know, basically hypnotize this girl for years to to keep her true nature under wraps, is it's kind of it's kind of Mad Max Fury Road in that <laughs> she's like now. Fuck you, Immortan Joe! I'm out of here. And she goes and joins the Great Rebellion and, and decides to basically take the fight to him. And that's a great story. That is a, a, a story that should be done now in movies. Um, you know more than He-Man actually. Um, and it's 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 a bit tangled as well. It's a bit Rapunzel uh, in the, uh, the the whole idea of uh, a, a, yeah, the a, a kidnapped princess, the princess being there. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if I was going to develop it as a movie, I would uh, develop all the relationships. And uh, oh, hey, you know what? I might. Um, but the idea of, um, Adora basically taking a feminine power and going up against this oppressive masculinity, uh, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say for an animated show, it's well ahead of its time because there's nothing else like it until I guess really Sailor Moon came along.
0: Um, I know very little about Sailor Moon. Most of what I know involves skirts. Yeah. So I, I, I can't, <laughs> I don't know if I can really draw the okay. parallel. Well then, um, uh,
1: a female power going up against uh, an oppressive masculinity, that wasn't right there for uh, men to drool over because she's wearing a, a skimpy sailor outfit. I'm sure Sailor Moon has hidden depths.
0: But I think, yeah, one of the uh, key elements... 11% of, of our listeners
1: just turned off in disgust, by the way. That's the <laughs> fucking Sailor Moon's greatest show ever.
0: Um, yeah, one of the, the key elements, I think, of that, that first five-episode um, movie, as it were.
1: Which is embarrassing um, to watch, by the way. So I it the it awesome, is a bit, yeah. Um,
0: large chunks of it. Um, the
1: narrative's great, but the actual yeah. execution is,
0: um, um, as but, with all He-Man
1: and She-Ra stuff, kind of mawkish.
0: yeah. Um, but you have um, uh, she Shira very specifically or Adora very specifically throwing off the um, the paternal influences in her life. And it's not just um, Hordak who's obviously, hit, you know, hit and sized her and, and brought her up as um, not just a, a captured princess in a tower as well. That's that's important. He's actually given her a role in the army and. <laughs> Um, you know, she's had stuff to do. I think they
1: explain away, oh, I've spent most of my life training in the Fright Zone. Yeah. And so she hasn't been that cruel in her life, but she has to wander around Etheria seeing how incredibly cruel the Horde actually are to work out, oh, hey, I'm not really cool with this.
0: Indeed. Um, But then when... Uh, he man takes her back to Eternia to see her real parents. Which is they badly. basically say to her, "Wonderful, you're back. Now you're going to stay with us." And she says, "Well, no. Actually, there's a rebellion going on back there on Etheria that I really need to be a part of. My
1: responsibility."
0: So yeah, exactly. So she's she's not only rejecting the um, the oppressive, lying elements of patriarchal influence but also the the um protective comforting safety elements mm. and saying actually no there's there's a world for me without any of you telling me what to do and that's kind of where i need to be right now yeah. um so for for a girl growing up yeah that's pretty awesome uh,
1: but again you know there would have been uh, like 90 episodes that followed or just under and there was no real progression of her character because it was a show in the 80s yeah. not uh, not later yeah which is a dad and shame. I,
0: I will be honest I don't really remember a great deal of the plot lines mm. where you know compare that with Dungeons and Dragons where I could probably tell you about most of the episodes
1: fortunately in, in with D, there was only 25 episodes fewer That's to remember true. a
0: lot less to remember yeah. <laughs>
1: But there's also there's a it's worth mentioning Katra. There's a female villain called Katra who's another one of Horde's um Hordax minions, and she's out of her tree. She's like totally doing a uh, an earther kit. Now this will be perfect <laughs> time voice.
2: Oh, enjoying yourself. <laughs> Laugh while you can, cat lady. Because once I get out of this, I'm going to trim your whiskers.
0: Cat right here.
2: The solar sailor's headed this way. At top speed. Oh, at last. I've got that scoundrel, Seahawk, right where I want him. Seahawk is headed right for a trap.
1: Which is even better than Horde is like this... Hordak is like an evil pig with serrated red teeth and a cannon on his arm. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's frightening. But um, at the same time, like this is the kind of animation that Lyra now won't watch. She's seven years old. She used to love anything animated she would watch without discrimination. And now... She, um, dis- she disregards the original He-Man uh, New Adventures of He-Man and not really keen on She-Ra but she likes the new 2002 series which we'll talk about in a minute um, and you know it's, it's not just that, she disregarded Mask the other day, she doesn't like the old Thundercat, she likes the new one uh, it's not just because it's new, it's because of the, uh, the depths that, uh, that new shows are able to actually reach, it's the, the fact that they never really develop the characters is a problem for older animation
0: and there's, like you say, the fact that there's no progression. And, and when you can see that there's a similar framework in every single episode, mm. now there's a conflict, but it's only a minor one. Now there's a fight, but it's going to be over in a few seconds. And they use this. We talked about this with Thundercats. They use the same cells. Yeah. They use the same frames to, you know, He-Man runs from the bottom left of the screen to the top right of the screen. Then they flip it, and he runs from the bottom right (laughs) of the screen to the top left of the screen. And his movements are exactly the same every time.
1: He-Man strikes at the bottom right of the screen with his sword. It's like rotoscoping. And then he does it again on the left.
0: Yes. And then a fist comes out and punches the middle of the screen. Starburst.
1: Yes. Um... But this, like I said, this is back in the day when people just loved to see those um, like the the transformation scenes. So the the actual power of Skull thing, I've seen it a bajillion times, still get tingles. Same mm-hmm. for the for the She-Ra scene. Although yeah. I did notice for the She-Ra thing when now that she throws her sword up in the air for the honor of Skull, then loads of little glowing sperms fly out of the top and shower all over her covering her in masculine energy which she then throws all over her unic her horse to turn him into a winged unicorn and
0: it I was going to say and it grows a horn yeah. but that's good that I really like that that's i mean it's it's very subliminal i'm guessing i didn't really interpret it that way when i was 8
1: it probably but, wasn't intentional
0: well well indeed but um but yeah you know the idea of embracing those masculine elements that you've probably been deterred from using um, as a, a young girl, that's good.
1: Yeah. But the, I mean, the music's, uh, uh, you know, got this kind of um, beautiful, memorable quality to it. It's all, it's, they would just repeat the same loops over and over again. But if you watched it a lot when you were a kid, those, those music cues, just like Thundercats, will be burned into your brain. And, um, So, yeah, that was He-Man and She-Ra, and She-Ra came to an end after another year and a half, and that was pretty much it for the uh, 80s. Then came the Masters of the Universe movie, which was at the tail end of the action figure line and had very few of the action figures tie in with it. We're going to jump past that because we're going to do this movie at some point. Uh, In fact, maybe even part of this show we're doing right now. Um, but uh, but yeah, that was kind of a, you know financially speaking, and as a way of rejuvenating the uh, franchise, disastrous.
0: Mm. So, well, there's there's very little continuity between show, movie,
1: action figures,
0: action figures, mm. other shows.
1: My name is Adam of Grayskull.
2: When good is threatened by the power of Eternia. Oh- Summoned to the future by the last of mankind to defend them in their hour of need. But my old enemy, Skeletor, followed me. Now, here in the future, he has found new allies to help him in his never-ending fight against all that is good. Yet on Primus, I too have found new brave friends and a new family. Thus, with the power of the good and the way of the magic, we struggle against the forces of darkness. Good against evil. The battle continues. Then, in
1: 1990, the new adventures of He-Man happened. Uh, In the meantime, Filmation had gone bankrupt. People who made the original He-Man and She-Ra cartoons. Their, their last ditch attempt was Brave Star. Uh, they had made Ghostbusters, and they tried to sue the people who made the real Ghostbusters because they were like, "No, this is our Ghostbusters," and they lost. I think they probably devoted more time doing that than you know making animated shows that could really compete with you know. Let's face it, the the giant green elephant in the room: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But uh, in the '90s, they um, uh, Mattel commissioned a new uh, TV series. Let me just check the production company for the New Adventures. Uh, now, the original He-Man. Had a it was basically space Conan sort of it had sword and sorcery but also laser guns and just enough tech and spaceships and flying crafts and special machines and things to kind of uh, to marry those two together so you got like the Star Wars crowd but also the the uh, the low fantasy crowd because that's what Conan is it's low fantasy just without the tits or the blood uh, right. or anyone getting hurt ever.
0: I will say that presented with that particular blend of, um, of aesthetics and imagery, the person that doesn't ask why is it that if they have these incredibly advanced technological guns that they're all wearing fur underpants yeah. uh, is a six-year-old, frankly. Yeah, and using, <laughs> Anybody older than that and you've lost
1: and, them. and using swords which don't actually get used for stabbing or fighting but do fire energy bolts at the ground.
0: Yes, what most the they first. are pretty good for deflecting the energy bullets yeah. from the laser yeah. guns, though. So it's
1: basically everyone may that. as well just have shields that fire lasers. Yes. Um, apparently it was made by Jetlag Productions. What a terrible name. <laughs> you might as well call yourself Hangover Productions.
2: <laughs>
1: IBS Productions. <laughs> Do you want to feel a bit bad to a lot bad? Jetlag Productions. Um, yeah, so The New Adventures of He-Man... We're going to have to do this one fairly quickly because I'm not too familiar with this show. I watched it a bit. One Christmas, I think, like the week after Christmas when you're a kid can be pretty awesome because you don't have to go back to school. You've got all your Christmas presents. You get to play with them. Your mum's knocking around the house waiting for you to just go back to school and get out of her hair but trying not to say so. And uh, New Adventures of He-Man was on a lot that one Christmas. It must have been like 1990, 1991 tops. And um, I watched a lot of that, and I didn't love it, didn't even really like it. But it was on, and it was a cartoon, and that was good enough for me. And we've seen some more recently, and it's far more embarrassing even than the original He-Man and She-Ra. It's, it's embarrassing, and it doesn't have that nostalgia factor. So I don't know what people will make of the original He-Man. It may be just the same as this. I don't find anything charming about the new adventures. It is just... Well, like I said, it's the early 90s, so they... All the production companies and the toy companies were taking what had really worked in the 80s and over-designing it to try to repeat that. So all the characters are dressed in these gaudy, awful outfits that look really impractical and like you wouldn't be able to fit through a door without banging yourself on the frame. Um, And everyone just wears them all the time. Now, people wore kind of silly, weird outfits in the original He-Man, but everyone's dressed to the nines in this. And all the time, it's not like they're wearing body suits and then they like pull these armor bits on for combat, because that would have been a good feature for the action figures. Oh, actually, no, sometimes they did. They did actually have like the, the sort of pared-down thing. But the it's boring, kind of Captain Planet-style animation. It's got that flatness to it. Uh, even though in the, uh, if you watch the intro sequence, they make it look like, again, like Thundercats, like this incredible, awesome action sequences are going to be all over the place.
0: Lies, lies. They are totally not. Yeah. But I know what you mean about the animation because there's I don't quite know how to describe it, but there is something about that early to mid '80s animation no. yeah. that it may not be. Narratively speaking, it's a pile of pants. Mm. Um, but in terms of how it looks, there's something alive about it. Yeah.
1: And there's something so fresh faced and so, like, trying to be cool about early 90s animation. From the period of basically everything that Animation Damnation has ever done, its, like, it's heyday is 1989, maybe 1990, through to 1994 to 95. Just that one period when animation really sucked. Balls, apart but, from Batman the Animated Series and X-Men, which is also good.
0: Okay, but, but, and I will say this, in the early 90s, pretty much everything sucked balls. And I will tell you for why. Park. And the fashion and the music and everything that I remember about the early 90s can be summed up with what you're saying about these animated shows. George Bush. Everything... Oh, The
1: Simpsons was still no.
0: good. <laughs> well, yeah, The Simpsons was doing something a And it was about to get but... really good. Indeed. But basically everything was about trying really, really hard to be cool and not look like you were trying really, really hard to be cool. And that is something which is impossible to pull off. Kind of rude dog and the dweebs
1: just summed up that (laughs) entire concept. Absolutely.
0: You, You look at the nerd crowd sort of later on and and into now and there's much more a sense of you know what sod the whole trying to look cool thing we're just going to embrace our inner nerdery and enjoy the things that we enjoy without worrying about how we appear to the outside world but in the 90s it was about you know whatever you were into you had to be ridiculously anxious about it and desperate to make sure that everybody knew that while this was what you were doing you were incredibly nonchalant about it
1: All right, you're nonchalant because <laughs> uh, technically, the 90s is still the same decade as Futurama. That came out in 99. So it's not just mm. the 90s, but no. it's the early no, it's 90s. The,
0: it's the early to mid yeah. 90s, yeah. Um, so, Global hypercolor. Yep.
1: They got rid of the. Um, they kept the moralizing. Like every show, they would, you know, like I said, always check before you cross the road and you learn to check your bike before going out. They could be the difference between a good ride and a bad one. Crash. And.
0: Uh, it's just that now everybody's turned off by the time you get to the moral
1: (laughs) yeah um so they kept that but the barbarian thing had gone and now it was apparently the same he-man the same prince adam but like transported away from eternia he basically gets told you've got to go and help the future and he's like seriously i have literally almost done putting out fires in eternia here and now suddenly i'm propelled into the future to planet primus so he leaves behind all his friends and his family who he reveals that he's He Man to immediately. And they go, oh, You were He Man all along. Bye then. And then he goes. And it's this, like, like, shoving him out the door into the new series. It's like, it's almost a spin off of his own show. It's like, <laughs> maybe He Man will come along to meet his friends. And um, this new planet he goes to is basically just like, it's like space in space. <laughs> Does That make sense? like it's, it's, what's a good way of putting it? It's like Thundercats, but rubbish. Um, it's all like, it's in, it's a, Oh, it's a planet with like space fighters and jet fighters and people wandering around in like Centurion's armor and a bunch of colorful new figures. Um, and they're being besieged by the mutants who are a bunch of weirdos. And the um, yeah, mutants were bad at this point. Again, after mutant turtles were good and the mutants were bad in Thundercats. Um, but either way, oh, and X-Men mutants as well. Everyone was mutant mad in the eighties and nineties, but they couldn't be sure whether mutants were good or bad.
0: They do seem to have tried to take elements from various different cartoons and put them all in a blender, yeah. which is never a good yeah. idea. It
1: doesn't have its own identity. He Man has ditched his no. classic outfit. Even like in the first frame, he's wearing this new outfit, and it's no. Mm. Which is
0: basically for. just trousers and boots. Yeah,
1: it's that's the thing. They've underdesigned He Man. He's just wearing the required uniform: tights and um and his power sword's completely different. there's no explanation for why. um in the, basically, the toys got made before this again, and they were nowhere near as appealing. They had that horrible like chunky day glow nineties style to them again, like over designed without actually being particularly cool. and um Skeletor was also brought in. And he has a completely different voice. He's the evil Skeletor. Here he is talking to his henchman, Flog, who, coincidentally, has a helmet shaped exactly like a glance.
2: The crystal is too dangerous! Oh, Flog whines like a baby. I'll show him power beyond power. Oh yes, yes, I can feel its power in me. I can feel my greatness. nothing in the Tri-Solar Galaxy can stop me because because I am greater than the Tri-Solar Galaxy. Oh, I am greater than the universe. I am greater than all. (laughs)
1: Yeah, they they kind of sucked. All of what made Skeletor ever so slightly intimidating. The, the, the black-eyed stare. They now give him pupils, which makes him look cross-eyed all the time. And he's got this voice, which does this all the time, rather than this, which is much more dynamic. And that's it. I can't think of anything else. But He-Man has a ponytail. He has some really boring friends. And it's got a really awesome intro. However, I don't get why Adam continues the Adam persona in this why can't he just be he-man
0: well yeah i mean i'm not entirely certain why he he had to maintain the secret in the first one but at least well, he didn't want he his
1: friends or family being the targets for skeletor guess who the targets for skeletor are they just happen to be the attorney and royal family it doesn't matter just be he-man <laughs>
0: But in this, there's even less reason, because he doesn't exactly have family and friends around that are linked to Prince Adam for it to be relevant. Basically,
1: he carries on wandering around with these, like, you know, super centurion guys, and then turns into He-Man. I I don't get it. And also, like, his Prince Adam, there's has got, like, ponytails on either side of his head, which is a really weird haircut. And then he has just the one ponytail when he turns into He-Man.
0: That's how you can
1: tell. Let's get off this subject this yeah. this is a dark time for he-man it basically it killed any interest in it there's um there's a bit in ghostbusters 2 actually we mentioned this in the podcast where uh, ray and winston in 1989 go to a kid's birthday party and they go if something strange in the neighborhood who are you going to call and the kids all go hey man hey man hey man seriously <laughs> this is following the incredibly poor box office takings of Masters of the Universe in 1987 2 years before or maybe a year before that was filmed this is uh 5 years after the animated show finished its last episode uh this is like six like uh, a good four to th- you know three yeah f- a good four or so this is 3 to 4 years after she finished its last episode and it's a good year or so before new adventures turns up so He-Man's not even on shelves, and Race Dance has the kids shouting for He-Man. Um, if the point was that the Ghostbusters are out of touch with kids of today, nailed it! <laughs> are you kids in your He-Man? I am Adam, Prince of Eternia, defender of the secrets of
2: Castle Skull. This is Cringer, my fearless friend. Fabulous... <laughs>
1: So 12 years went by of absolutely nothing. And then Mattel came around and went, look, we we totally want to do He-Man again. We still have the license. Let's see if all of these adults who are, you know, used to be kids and used to like He-Man have the cash to buy He-Man figures again and invest in watching a new cartoon. And so they made uh, He-Man 2000 X. I don't get the whole two zero zero X thing about it. I, I, it's 2002, but I think that the point was supposed to be it's going to run and run and run. So we can't call it 2002 because we can't call it 2000 because people stopped naming things 2000 around about the year 2000 because they realised, oh, hey, there's a shelf life to these. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Dracula 2000. So um, it should really have been called He-Man 2002 because it only lasted a year. He-Man 2002 slash 2003. But no, they called it 2000 X because this thing's going to run and run. Although clearly not much longer than 2009, otherwise it would be 20XX. Anyway, <sighs> new version of He-Man starts with a kind of a, 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 a in the in the cartoon um, a tribute to the uh, old um, intro, and. Then immediately, awesome explosions happen, and it uh, suggests that oh, hey, it's going to be like the old He-Man, but like with you know, way, wicked, awesome new animation, loads of proper fights, and maybe some character development. Uh, which it was. So that's actually kind of an accurate intro sequence. What think you of the two thousand X He-Man and the Masters of the Universe?
0: Not a lot. <laughs> So
1: did everybody else.
0: Exactly. Which is possibly the reason why it didn't last long enough to be 20XX.
1: Nothing else to that? Okay. So they basically went down to the original designs of the uh, 82 He-Man, taking a few more cues from the uh, mini-comics as well, actually. uh, And the action figures were much more... And cut and... And... uh, they got these sculptors, the four horsemen in. If you know your action figures, you'll know these guys like absolute superstars. But yeah, basically, they they kind of they resculpted, remolded all of those uh, original classic figures. Now the problem with the action figure line was they like the first line was like just the uh, the original classics. So you got He-Man, Stratos, Man at Arms, Skeletor, Beast Man, Merman. I mean, like, pretty much same as the first original line. Then as of um. I think it was as of wave two they started putting variant He-Mans on the shelves or like different He-Man in different armor or or with a different sword or you know slightly different outfit and it's basically just He-Man again so you'd come into the toy store and you'd be like looking for you know um Faker, no, obviously not Faker. He was a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. Um, you'd be looking for Prince Adam or Cyclone or Manny Faces or Roboter or Buzz-Off or Evil in or Two Better Whiplash. But all you'd see were... <gasps> Deluxe Battle Sound He Man, Deluxe Battle Sound Skeletor, Jungle Attack He Man, Smash Blade He Man, Deluxe Samurai He Man, Deluxe Samurai Manatoms, Spin Blade Skeletor, Deluxe Samurai Skeletor, Martial Arts He Man, Battle Glove Manatoms, Ice Armor He Man, Mega Punch He Man, Shield Strike He Man, Deluxe Battle Armor He Man, Sky Strike Stratos, Fire Armor Skeletor, Deluxe Battle Armor Skeletor, Wolf Armor He Man, Snake, Snake Armor Skeletor, Serpent Claw Manatoms, Serpent Tracker Mechanek, Snake Hunter He Man, Snake Crush Skeletor, Snake Tealer, Ooh! Although she might actually have been uh, San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. Claw Attack Stratos, Mecha Blade He-Man, Snake Armor He-Man, Trap and Smash Orko, Ice Armor Skeletor, and of course, who could forget, Mecha Blade Skeletor. There were also repaints of Ram Man Skeletor, Beastman Merman, Triclops Trapjaw, Two Bad Triclops, Manifaces, Mecha Negs Cyclone, and another Skeletor, one of which had a bright orange face and garish gold armor and looked like utter shit. Here was the problem, folks. You go into a toy store, you're trying to find Fisto or Zodak, and all you find is He-Man after He-Man, and everyone thought that was rubbish. The kids didn't like it, the adults didn't like it. And that's how you kill a line. So after a year and a bit, in uh, late 2003, they killed it, cancelled it. Uh, It was like basically halfway through Season 2, and in Season 3, guess who they were going to bring in? She-Ra all of that stuff complete expansion on the line but you know didn't work sometimes it's because they throw in like too many giant rocket packs with uh, the uh, uh, the characters people don't like it sometimes it's because you know the, uh, they tie a animated show line in with a movie line which is entirely unrelated uh, sometimes it's because they do a whole bunch of different um, lionos in different uh, scales. Oh, and they did do minifigures of the He-Man ones, which came out of the round about the same time. weren't particularly fantastic, and um, and that killed the animated show. It killed the line, and then that was it. That was the sort of last ditch attempt to get He-Man onto screens. There has never been another attempt to make a He-Man animated show. That was that was thirteen years ago, and that's kind of dismal because I'm not sure what kids would make of he-man done straight these days and i'm not sure what they'd make of he-man done straight but with like oh a super muscle power battle because i mean you saw what they did with moss man the one we watched today Orco's garden it was you know he, he's he's totally awesome he's you know a giant but he's he's amaterasu meets that nature spirit out of uh, princess Mononoke, and you know he helped to take down evil sea but they're very basic animated shows i mean justice league unlimited came out just after this you know samurai jack was already out uh, we were two years from avatar the last airbender it really you know if you sit down and watch it it can't hold a candle to the best of animation in the 2000s good lord um which is a damn shame because basically like if you've got the right team behind this with some really good writers you could really work on making it an ongoing show which made winks and nods to the previous um uh lineage but really kind of moved upwards and outwards and became its own thing kind of like i mean from sounds of it the the new muppets show is actually is turning heads like doing it like the office Mm. you know yeah and that's how fast tv moves folks we only recorded this a few months ago and the muppets show is already dead again so I mean that was basically it I won't go on about uh, Matty Collector and uh, Masters of the Universe Classics I will say briefly that in 2008 Mattel did their own collector line of really awesome figures that were mail order only and um, they you know they charged like $28 for them plus like $10 postage and they're you know they're beautiful. They're beautiful recreations of the original uh, figures, but you know, way you know, even more articulate, beautifully sculpted. They've got loads of little fan treats in there, like you get um, a beast man head for the original moss for moss man, so that he can look like the original guy, or you have got an alternate alternate head which makes him look more like the 2000 X version. You know, just little things. Ninja comes with a little belt that you can give to Jitsu to make him look like uh, Jitsu from the 2007 NECA Staction line, which is a beautiful reimagining of him.
0: Just tell people to go and watch your Masters of the Universe video at Action Figure
1: actionfigureresource.com I did do a, a full comprehensive video guide for this which uh, I believe is premium content and uh, yeah if you do like action figures that's where to go in fact if you like action figures and you don't know that I've been doing action figure resource videos for years on YouTube you've got a huge library of stuff to watch through I think you'll really like it um, and I think that's pretty much it for He-Man. It's, it's, yeah, we can't really go into massive amounts of detail on the characters because there barely isn't.
0: There isn't. Yeah.
1: He-Man himself is just a big, noble guy. And he doesn't like to hurt anybody. And he doesn't hurt anybody. He will always stop Skeletor. But, I mean, he's so simple as a, uh, a hero character that that might be why they can't make him work. You know,
0: I'm I'm trying to think if there is any modern parallel. Sure, but then
1: people, He-Man fans have argued that Thor is He-Man done right. And in fact, if you look at uh, and we'll say this other Master of the Universe um, movie episode, that you know it, it follows the same lines as the 2011 Thor movie.
0: Mm, yeah. Now, that doesn't does make sense actually because um, Thor without his powers is basically Adam because Adam is He-Man without his powers he's not a completely different character like Clark Kent Superman
1: hmm. potentially if the right team of writers could work on this they could actually you know fully expand on the uh, the, the, the mythos but also really build on the characters like Teela is a, is an excellent example of a, a you know a, a, a young female character who you know, even back in the day, was like, I'm not just going to be a damsel in distress. And, you know, that's a, that's a basic template nowadays. You can really work with that and, and give her something much more to make her more like Katara or Toff even. Somewhere in between those two. Or, or
0: Although, Car- these days, she probably wouldn't be wearing heeled boots, a leotard mm-hmm. and a snake bra. I agreed.
1: Right, Sharon and I have now agreed that every time a movie or TV show or even video game commits a shoe-related crime, especially in regards to women's footwear, we're going to play this clip from the IT crowd where Jen simply shouts,
2: THE SHOES! (laughs) What was all that about? Well, like all women, she's shoe mad. It's a bit sexist, isn't it? Do you know one woman who isn't obsessed with shoes? No, but I only know one woman. And she just left the room shouting, The Shoes! Are! <laughs> you
1: know, the, the, the Sorceress is a, uh, a great kind of mysterious uh, female presence in the show. And uh, one of my favourite episodes of the 2000X one was one of the ones near the very, very end where um, He-Man, you know, young Adam, flashed back to hundreds of years in the past when Castle Greyskull, this mysterious shadowy castle that he's always trying to defend to stop Skeletor from getting into uh, was under attack by Hordak and the king of Eternia at the time King Grayskull went through various trials to uh, get a power sword and then died defending the castle and then his essence went into this sword which is what He-Man's pulling out out, you know when he transforms from Adam so by the power of Grey Grayskull, Skull's actually a guy he is being possessed by a 200 year old ghost which calls into question is he entirely aware of who he is when he's He-Man I mean that's something that writers can really go into and what happens they when could. He-Man goes over
0: 9000 they if they're going to do it they need to get Straczynski back at a, as a consultant at the very least because
1: yeah J. Michael Straczynski and Paul Dini were working on the original He-Man cartoon. Paul Dini of Batman, the animated series. J. Michael Straczynski wrote Thor. Uh, Sorry, not from the very beginning, but he has contributed towards Thor and, in fact, contributed towards the Thor movie. He was in the Thor movie. He's the dude with the beard who tries to help Stan Lee to pull the hammer up.
0: Hmm. That may be what. one... Oh, do you know... This may be why the quality of animated shows took a nosedive in the early to mid nineties because All the good writers have gone to comics. Incredibly, yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> uh, that. Yeah.
1: Maybe, maybe.
0: But they make some excellent training wheels for those writers to have, you know, come on in leaps and bounds and now be contributing to the um, the Marvel and DC universe. Yes.
1: So, I mean, I think that's it for He-Man. Any more characters we can talk about? I mean, Skeletor could definitely do with some deepening up. But, I mean, yeah, Merman, Beastman, Trapped, or Triclops. Evil Lin is probably the most complex of his villains,
0: mm, uh, his, his yeah. henchmen.
1: She seems to occasionally, her allegiances seem to, to waver, and she occasionally seems to go out on her own. She's clearly smarter than everyone, probably including Skeletor. But aside from that, her name contains the word evil. Yes,
0: and she is generally employed to do the more typically female stuff, like the illusions hmm. and the manipulations. Also,
1: she is rather like a goth who decided to change her name from Evelyn to Evelyn.
0: Yes, yes. And she's sports a very similar leotard and snake bra combo uh, to Tila. yeah a
1: lot of that was down just to the, the
0: one wardrobe style on it yeah you? a lot of the fact <laughs> yeah. that a
1: lot of the characters look very similar is down to the fact that mattel were like look let's just reuse these same legs these same everyone's got the same hairy pair of pants everyone's got the same torso everyone's got the same arms or slightly different legs, like three variations of arms four variations of legs hairy or smooth chests interestingly they gave he-man a completely smooth chest he could have been hairy Like a barbarian.
0: Yes, but then there would have been no need for him to wear Mm. fur.
1: There is something truly iconic about the early, early He-Man stuff. I love the... uh, I can't afford the He-Man Matty Collector classics, but I do have He-Man and Battle Cat and I have a couple of others on the way um, for Christmas right now. The the line has technically ended, but just like seeing them there like as as an adult and you hold them in your hand they're to scale with how big they were when you were a little kid holding the little figures in your hands.
0: I was going to say that was one of the very satisfying things about the figures when you were a kid, wasn't it? They were extremely chunky mm. and they sat very nicely in your, your little baby hand. Yeah.
1: So um, you know, doesn't matter how long, how many times this thing comes back. If they ever go back to the earliest, um, you know, style of this, and you know, just the the box art is gonna get make me go all tingly and go, "Oh, there's the Masters of the Universe," because this was formative stuff. I was two or three, you know, I didn't know ratchet from Rice Krispies at that point, but I knew that you know, in very simple, basic terms, He Man was doing good things and that when he told me the morals about the world i listened it's possible that this helped a portion of our generation grow up with a very good sense of wrong or right in today's story skeletor was looking for a shortcut a quick way
2: to riches and power you may know some people like that always looking for the quick way to get ahead of everybody else well it doesn't work that way the people who succeed are the ones who work for what they want So don't be fooled by those who say they have a sure thing. There's always a catch to it. Don't sell yourself short. The right
1: way is the best way. Until later. But of course, it could be completely different. And I I like the fact that Lyra is of a generation that's more inquiring. And specifically millennials, as I understand it, uh, tend to get offended about everything. But they also seem to be quite compassionate about a lot of things. And then there's the other group, the Reavers, who went the other way. (laughs) And, and hate everyone and everything. So, mm. yeah. Yes. I'm sure our generation I, has given its, to understand, its contingent of them too.
0: Yeah, I'm given to understand it has a lot to do with expectations. If your parents th- raise you to believe um, that you will have everything, then as soon as you realise you won't, you get very pissy. Yeah.
1: But most of all, actually, more than He-Man, I would like to see she brought back in a way that is, like, truly just makes the most of the potential of that character.
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah. In fact, um, I think the, um, uh, the team behind the I am elemental series could do some good work. God, with the new yes. Shira line.
1: Yes, they could combine them with I mean, Mattel would want to handle it themselves anyway,
0: but yeah, uh, they yeah. could
1: certainly consult.
0: Indeed. In, in terms of, of sort of the the models that they've used and the um, the ideas behind the the aesthetic of those um, those action figures, because ultimately, I Am Elemental was specifically designed not to have a narrative line, yeah. because the idea is that you you should be able to create your own.
1: So little um, girls could create their own stories and um, have imagination, something which apparently kids don't have anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um, I'm being facetious I, I I'm sure they do I don't recall following the narrative line of the the
1: Dude, most of mine finished with going figures. home for tea. That's how good my yes. animation, my Indeed. imagination my was. My
0: action figures, my action figures were all ridiculously assorted because I never got them new. They were always picked up from car boot Oof. sales here and there. So having an actual team that was formulated on a on a base narrative yeah. just didn't happen. I had Ewoks going on adventures with Golden Girl and gem of the holograms (laughs) and various other things that all were in wrong scales with each other so um yeah you can be creative just because there's an an existing narrative story
1: um okay this this is an episode which more than any other probably needs feedback because we want to hear what you guys have to say so uh come to the forum talk about this on the uh, he-man uh, there's going to be a He-Man thread, definitely. But also, if you come to uh, schoolofmovies.com, you can leave comments uh, underneath the podcast itself. And, you know, just sh- share your memories, especially she memories. I want to see what kind of impact this had. Maybe you know, that maybe there were girls out there who are like, yes, she was a strong, kick-ass female superhero, and that has kept me interested in that from that point onwards. Or not. Maybe, you know, maybe maybe she didn't quite meet your expectations back then, or doesn't now. But, you know, also, if there are hidden depths to He-Man, we want to know about them. So, yeah, come leave comments. Okay, and I think that's us. That's us on He-Man. We'll probably be back next week to talk about the He-Man movie, actually. I think this is this is enough for a single podcast now. We just went for an hour. Okay, we will see you for that canon classic. Uh, I've been Alex Shaw.
0: I've been Sharon Shaw. And... I have the power of of grace. I
1: have the
2: power!
1: And then apparently Battlecat originally used to go, Rah, I have the power too. (laughs) So yeah, watch it next time when you actually watch the intro sequence. That's what he's, he's saying. His lips are actually doing that.
0: Good Lord. I think Swiftwind just neighed. Only
1: three others share this secret. This annoying little bastard named Orko who won't stop following me around. By the way, folks, uh, of all the characters that Lyra could like and, and, you know, could really warm to, Orko is the one.
2: Why
0: Orko, Lyra? Because he's small. It's not good enough. No, seriously, she is drawn to the small and ignored.
1: And... Also, there was a character called Lucky Lou in the original She-Ra who would be like a Where's Wally throughout the show and you have to spot her. And at the end, she turns up and goes, if people drop litter at school, you should tell them off and tell a teacher. Like, you know, really, really good morals to teach kids to be utter creeps.
0: No, hang on, that's not what she said. She said you should ask them not to. She was not about, you know, (sighs) going behind people's backs. There was an element of, you know, confront the problem.
1: There's no way you can basically deal with that. You can either... Lead by example by putting stuff in the bin yourself. You can but everyone else will chuck stuff on the floor and you'll feel you'll die a little time every time that happens. Or you can go and tell them and then they will tell you to fuck off. Or you can go and pick it up yourself and put it in the bin and they will laugh at you.
0: Wow, you have such a cynical view of the world.
1: You know what? <laughs> How would you inspire people to pick up litter, Sharon?
0: Um I'd probably go by the with the lead by example thing. I, I, maybe I can cope a little more with the dying inside in, in,
1: <laughs> Well, I died so many times, I'm dead now. I am a zombie.
2: I see. Okay. In today's story, I went in search of my mother. I found her, but I also found something else, that the man who had cared for me since I was a baby, who loved me as he would his own daughter, was just as much my father as any parent could be and so whether they are someone we were born to or whether they chose us to adopt it doesn't matter the ones who protect us and teach us and love us they are the ones we call mother and father and they deserve the same kind of love from us until next time
1: there's one thing we've forgotten can you think about what it is aside from the fact that Castle Grayskull was awesome and that they had these awesome vehicles like the Road Ripper and that was really cool they had all these action features for the figures it's something Pertaining to the figures,
0: the building sets, the play sets,
1: the play sets, the He-Man play sets.
0: Yeah, the Castle Grayskull and Snake Mountain.
1: Yeah, mm. I suppose you could call them building sets. I mean, yeah, no, uh, it's the advertising and the difference between He-Man and She-Ra. Remember the uh, the the He-Man ads? Basically, they had like little boys. Whipping out their He-Man's and Skeletor's and going, "I'm He-Man! I'm I'm Skeletor! I'm gonna invade Castle Grayskull!" No time for you, Skeletor! And they'd basically do what boys do when they're play fighting with He-Man, and the, mu- the they'd always be surrounded by these awesome sort of back like to begin with. It was just in a living room, but then by you know the, by the end, it was like this sort of magical fantasy realm with like gravel and water and fucking fog machines. Um, and the music would always go He Man, He Man, He Man, He Man, He Man. Go get him, Dragon Walker!
2: Go! Dragon Walker, Battle Armor, He Man, and Skeletor, and Merman each sold separately. Dragon, Separate this, he Man! Dragon, Batteries not included. What's that? Dragon Walker! Oh, walk. he- that! New Dragon Walker vehicle for use with most Masters of the Universe figures. Action figures each sold separately. From Mattel. My Skeletor have another warrior named Whiplash! Battle Armor He-Man and Skeletor Whiplash and Buzz-Off each sold separately. And I uh, He-Man have a powerful wing warrior named Buzz-Off! So it's the Super Stinger Buzz-Off! Against the vicious tail of Whiplash! Ha <laughs> ha! is win. Buzz off and Whiplash figures are new from the Masters of the Universe collection. Other
1: action figures also so separately from Mattel. But the She-Ra advertising was on a puffy cloud and it just un- we we've done this on the Nevermind the Buzzgeeks episode on uh, cartoons or maybe commercials. This was the She-Ra ad Which is just a line of ads where it was just basically a woman singing, She's pretty as a flower, but she's got a secret power. And all of these were basically girls going, You can brush her hair. And like every advert would go, You can pretend. Like this was something that girls just didn't do. They're just like, I I don't pretend. I cook dinner in my cook dinner set. Or I play nurse. But that's about as much pretense as I do.
0: Despite the fact that Barbie and Cindy had been going for quite some time at this point. Well, no, because that's
1: not pretend. That's a real domestic situation where you also go to prom. I don't know. It's, it basically, it's saying, look, girls, it's fantasy. We know it's alarming. She has a sword, but it's covered in jewels. Don't be too upset by this. You can pretend. Okay? Please pretend. Pretend you like our figures. <laughs> they're not figures, they're dolls. And don't say that they're not dolls, they're dolls definitely it helps in marketing. And they go in the pink aisle, and no boy will ever approach them because they'll have to go through the pink aisle. And if you want the horde, you're going to have to go to that scary action figure aisle.
2: This is Princess Adora, sister of He-Man and her gentle horse. Each sold separately, you can pretend. She's lovely as a flower, but she has a secret power. The magic sword in one stroke, and she's got the strength of a tower. A Shira necklace for you to wear wow. free and specially marked packages while supplies last Shira doll princess of power comes with everything you see here From Mattel Gleaming in the morning light home of Shira shining bright crystal castle You put it together she was so separately you can pretend magic things shine everywhere Cause it has a secret power Lifted high on her throne Sheera's Crystal Castle, Princess of Power! Crystal Castle comes with everything you see here. Shira dolls will separately. New from Mattel.
1: That last one's the most insulting of all of them, because Shira saves the world alone. We never see what was at stake or why the world needed saving in the first place. We also don't see how she saves the world on her own. And also, that's not the point of the show. Over and over again, she requires the help of her friends. The whole point is to rely on your friends. Oh. Toy companies in the 80s. But then, like, all of the uh, girls' adverts for she were all sort of, like, no-conflict stuff. So there's going to be no fighting in the
0: 40-year-old male advertiser in doesn't understand small girl shocker.
1: There was one with Catra that went, a very bad but pretty cat. And it was like, you know, Catra vaguely menaced Shiwa but then was dealt with within 12 seconds. Mm. And everyone went home for tea.
0: I think that might have been you pretending.
1: <laughs> no, this was way after I did that. I might have been an advertising executive age two. I don't know.
0: Well, you lost that skill, didn't you?
1: Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> I, I can think like a marketer, but not a marketer from the 80s, because that just baffles me. Anyway, so yeah, adverts. Check them out on YouTube, folks, because some of them are astonishing.
2: What do we have here? It's Castle Grayskull. And it's mine. That's so fast, Beastman. man. He-man. You can pit He-Man against Beast-Man playing for the power of Castle Greyskull. You have to put the castle together. Beast-Man's escaping. The throne, Dad. Dad, you saved the castle. (laughs) Castle Greyskull from the Masters of the Universe Collection.
1: Meanwhile, little girls are going to their mum's...
2: Mum, can I please play She-Ra with you in the Crystal Castle? No!
1: Remember, She-Ra saved the world alone. Now go brush your hair.
2: You can pretend. Stealing powers where she's at, a very wild but pretty cat, that's Catra. And here's lovely Frosta, true little friend of She-Ra. Dolls each sold separately. <laughs> when Catra shows her catty side, Frosta can freeze her in stride. The fate of the world's in the hands of these beautiful girls,
0: princess of power.
2: Catra and Frosta dolls each sold separately. she doll
0: also sold separately
1: from the Uh I'm Alex Shaw
0: I'm Sharon Shaw <laughs> and
1: school's out
0: school's out
2: ha 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 ha!
1: Okay, that was fun. That was good.